how much of you is you? Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamTFamily.com's transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We're grateful that you are present with us on another Manliness Rally. This segment is touching on the topic of her identity. <coughs> and I was in a store today and a, a gentleman there, he and I, we have had a rolling discussion on various, various issues. And he believes that Jesus Christ is not relatable to his generation. And he believes that well he's not of the christian persuasion in the sense that he does not believe that there's an actual person called christ and he isn't the son of god etc but you know we have a great we have had some great discussions and one of the discussions he had today was really on identity and he i commented him uh, commended him on the his people skills and the way in which he interacts with customers and the, the way he addresses customer problems etc at, at his at his post and he does a very good job of doing that so i commended him and he went about saying well you know that's just me so of course my next issue would really naturally be well how do you know that how do you know how much of you is you uh, do who determines who you are of course, that is going to be to be continued discussion. You know, you can't really have a lot of these discussions at the at the the counter, the cashier, the point of sale thingy thing. So I took this here because you know, what do you think? Do you are you the one who determines your personality, or is does God? Those of us who believe there is a being called God, and we believe He's Yahweh the god of abraham isaac and jacob that he is the one that that has a heavy role in your personality in who you are in your character and for me that's a very interesting thing for us to delve into if you would like uh, we certainly believe as one of the pillars of the in flame you if you go back to flame you uh, in our vault we have the second pillar of the the flame you the hypertrip version of the gospel of jesus christ the kingdom of heaven coming to earth through a man called christ is identity that he gives us unshakable identity that we are defined by christ and we understand in the messianic doctrine the doctrine of those who live based on the inspiration and animation of god which we call the holy spirit those people are actually persons who allow Christ's identity to manifest in their life. That means different things to different people. Of course, we did not see all of the apostles in the Bible have the same personality. We saw Paul, more uh, intellectual personality and dynamic in terms of uh, eloquence and all that kind of thing. We saw Peter with someone who seemed to have a lot of faith. He was able to walk on water. We did not see Paul walk on water. He was actually shipwrecked. Their personalities manifest differently. Paul, more intellectual. Peter seemed to be a more uh, someone who who was not as intellectual, but still a powerful person in terms of actions. 
and teachings he did not write as much as p as paul but he definitely had significant impact in discipleship in the early church point i'm making is that we have different personalities even though as miss i'm here speaking to those in the messianic community those who believe in jesus christ of nazareth as the son of god as god's only begotten son and through him we have everlasting life through our relationship and faith in him we turn our back on sin we turn our face towards a righteous life or what some people call holiness we live a life where we are generate we are generators of love generators of living in a, a kingdom culture the kingdom here meaning the, those that community that is under the leadership of god of of the the creator of the universe or in in professor hawking terms the multiverse if that's such a thing those persons are different but if you read in the scripture the holy bible says that we're all different we have different gifts diversity of gifts but we're all united by the same spirit what do you think and we encourage you on the question excuse me of how much of your personality how much of your character is you and how much of your character is driven by the holy spirit is it 50 50 is it oh i determine my character and if somebody says uh sees you doing something let's say you have a great talent at child care and you're taking care of kids and you say oh that was that's just me being me is that really accurate or is that actually an expression of christ in you defining you and manifesting through your gifts is usain bolt just being himself or is that a gift that was actually given to him from the creator and he, he manifests that in his character is bob was bob marley just being himself or is that something that is that a part of his personality his gifting something that was god given and based on that that gift from god he utilized that gift to be to be one of the greatest reggae stars uh, of all time in terms of uh, a human being i'm not sure christ sang reggae but at the end of the day that is something interesting i guess we'll have to continue this we encourage you to share your views on this how much of you is you or are you is you and how much of you is divinely given is divinely inspired by our creator that's something that we would love you to chime in on and uh, if you are interested give us some comments give us some feed forward on our various uh, avenues of contact in the book end of this rally so listen up for the next segment the bible is cautious about credit lincoln here from turn to burn famtyfamily.com's transformational man cave where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence we are grateful that you are still present on this manliness rally this is a financial rally to encourage males to be very very cautious and to take a very a very um, wary approach about excessive involvement in credit in the credit market in getting loans 
the Bible is cautious about debt, is cautious about lending from both sides, both the borrowing and the lending side. The Bible teaches in various places in both the Old and the New Testament that we should and can be very, very cautious about debt. In the biblical narrative, someone who borrows is seen as the servant of the one who lends. Especially in the Old Testament context, you look at the verses in Proverbs 22 verse 7 and in Deuteronomy 28, 43-44. One who borrows is is at the mercy of the lender. And Deuteronomy 28, 43-44, I believe, positions the a curse to be one of the elements of curse of the curse from those who who disobey Yahweh who turn their back on Yahweh to be that they'll end up as borrowers and of course the biblical narrative sees the borrower as submissive to the lender the Bible teaches further in Romans 13 verse 8 it's a different context that we should owe no one anything but to love them to love one another we should ensure that we are free that we have the liberty to love people and we're not under any bondage that includes of course also financial bondage the only kind of constraint that we should have is the constraint to love because of how grateful we are to god for what he has given to us who he has given to us but the biblical credit strategy appears to be from my understanding one of avoiding debt as much as possible and if you are in debt that you seek to get yourself out of that debt in the fastest time possible with some urgency i believe proverbs teaches if you are if you strike hands with someone and you stand surety for someone ensure that that person meets the obligation that they are committed to get yourself out of that with urgency it says to run like a gazelle that a a gazelle that is being chased by a lion so we understand how that credit is seen as a very very dangerous thing of course in 2008 we saw the example of what happened when persons were heavily involved in the credit market many persons and that's not it was a much bigger issue uh, however the the issue was that persons who did not own their homes outright they lost a lot of them lost homes after sinking significant amount of equity and paying a lot of mortgage payments on these homes they lost these homes and persons there were persons that won persons came out of this came out of this uh, in a with a in a in a beneficial way where they were able to buy buy properties from persons who were in foreclosure problems and come out on top after the 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 2008 credit crisis in north america we also see another example of the credit issue the negative consequences of credit being many high school many college graduates who come out of college with significant student loans of course student loans can are is one of the loans that you cannot even in bankruptcy you cannot get out of so 
for persons who are involved in the credit market and for parents, males who are leading families, and you are saying, okay, I'm not borrowing significantly for homes and for personal expenditure. However, you're borrowing for your child's education. That is also something that we can be cautious about. There are many other programs, a Coverdale savings account. You could uh, five to look at 527 programs in Florida that might be able to give you some kind of a better approach to financing your child's education than to go and engage in the educational credit racket which is uh, heavily how we see this we're not let's not generalize uh, so let me take that back in not in a general term but we understand that there are many examples of education of of um, student loans being used in a very very a very shady and shysty way to enslave students after they graduate However, some students after they graduate, trying to be very cautious with how I use my words. But the point here is that many aspects of the credit market, be it car loans, um, educational loans, mortgage loans, there are no loans about medic, uh, medical expenses. You can get into medical problems, you get personal loans that would help you in regards to, quote unquote, help you in regards to surgery. If, you have, if your wife is in trouble and she has a bad pregnancy and you come out of all these things with a huge bill to pay. Now, luckily, quote-unquote for us, the interest rates are at are low, relatively low for us in, Amer- in the United States of America here. Uh, however, the, the point still is that interest compounds and interest even at a small interest rate can still compound and be a significant interest expense for you in the future and your children if something happens to you and you do not have a way of writing off that credit with your death if you as a man die and you don't have insurance on particular loans then sometimes these can be passed on to the next generation however with that said the bible is i think it's a loving thing for us to be very cautious about credit and also from the other side be cautious about how we lend we want to make sure persons are are, that lending we can lend in a loving way every person who borrows does not have to receive money from us we could give in other ways if we know that person is not responsible then and giving the lending the person money will one we will lose that money one or if it is that the person will end up in debt because they're going to use the money irresponsibly and not just borrow from us but from others well we might not want to lend to persons if we know that lending to them enables them to participate in bad behavior uh, we don't think that would be a loving thing to do if you know that that lending uh, that lending to someone will will encourage them in a bad behavior and that's something that many people think about in many ways however love is something that is selfless love is compassionate love is patient and kind and being kind being compassionate is is where we think of others and what's in their best interest what's in their welfare not just in their immediate need not just looking out for their immediate needs so we're saying that part of the credit strategy or lending strategy is not to is to ensure that persons who are going to end up in a worse situation by you lending them money 
you don't lend them that money you might say okay let me pay for you to take a financial peace course from dave ramsey or get a credit let me pay for you to get a credit strategist to clean up your credit score so that you can be get out of the situation you're in now there are many instances where you need a credit score uh, to get into let's say if you're trying to get into a certain neighborhood they'll ask you for a credit score even if you're not even if you're buying your house cash for example but they want to know that you they want to, they, the people in this 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 town this land they place certain amount of credibility on having a good credit score even if you're in a cash situation so you might still need to dabble your foot in and out of the credit market just to make sure that you're on the radar and not overcommit, which is what we say here at Family to Family. You stick your little toe in the credit market just to have some footprint in the credit market, but you don't submerge yourself. And if you have views about this, you can share with us. But we believe that the, the biblical loving approach from our Father in Heaven is that you don't extend yourself in credit. And you teach your children, if you want something, work for it and try to own it outright. It's not a sin. Credit is not a sin issue, uh, we feel. But it, it is an issue of loving, loving yourself, loving your neighbor, and ensuring that our financial habits, our financial patterns are compassionate and loving to ourselves, to the next generation, so that we're not leaving them in debt when we pass on. And I'll pause there for now. Listen out for the next segment. What's your approach to spirituality? Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamityFamily.com's transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy or militaracy and aspire to domestic excellence. We are flabbergasted and grateful that you are present with us today on another Manliness Rally. This one is a spiritual fitness hack. We're discussing, hopefully, uh, area that you address in your family, and it is to deal with your spiritual consciousness and your approach to spirituality. And we touched on this a couple of years ago. However, the the basic element here is that whether we have an explicit approach to spirituality or whether we just wing it or whether we stick our head in the sand, I believe every culture deals with this issue of the invisible realm. The realm that we interact with through emotions, through uh, our energies, however we often don't have a very clear approach in our family to the spirit realm. And when we talk about spirit, we are addressing the what the Bible would, would call the inspiration behind the human person. What is driving your consciousness? What is driving your behavior, your habits? So we believe in the messianic in the messianic belief and culture the messianic life the kingdom life as we believe that man is spiritual and has a body and the, both of these elements work together so that the human experience can be positive and can be love-based can be love-centered love generating the spirit 
of course is the 90% below the iceberg and the flesh is at 10% of the iceberg that you see 10% the 90 the spirit is what we feel is the 90% of the iceberg that is beneath, beneath the surface and the, the flesh is at 10% above the surface and for us as believers in Christ we saw Christ live a life that showed a spiritual connection to someone he called his father, his heavenly father, who we believe to be Yahweh Elohim, the creator of heavens and earth, the creator and master of heaven and earth and all matter, energy, space and time. That being, we believe Yahweh, and we are convinced of based of our experience with him, that being our father now, Yahweh, is a spirit. So, Christ was in an as in a sense the 10% iceberg, 10% part, the physical manifestation of Yahweh who was spirit, who is spirit. And I not I but we believe in the messianic faith, at least some of us that share this view that the the, the the philosophy and thinking part of that thinking around what God is doing is to is to manifest himself a spirit being in physical form through man and so the human the human life and the existence on the planet is to showcase God's beauty God's glory through loving one another and loving him that and love in essence is a spiritual is spiritual so when we talk about spirit we're not just talking about demons and angelic beings and these things we're talking i feel about the breath the inspiration and if you look in the middle of inspiration is the remnant of the word spirit in spirit in breath inspired what animates the, the human flesh and not just talking about the chemicals and the blood and so forth. But we're here talking about the vitality, the life force, the energy of the being, of the physical being. And that's something that we feel as males we can address directly head on through the teaching of our faith. We are messianic here at Family Family and we believe that the messianic faith is there's not a line between spirit and flesh spirit and flesh are intertwined and work together in the same way that breath and flesh breath animates flesh and flesh depends on breath and breath requires flesh in order to have a physical interface in the planet breath without us without a body is gonna have a hard time interfacing with other humans and that would that is something that that um that God wants us to understand that many people say, okay, we separate our spiritual life from our, our physical life, work from our religion, family from religion, business from religion. However, spirituality, if you want to call it that, should and can manifest itself in every aspect of our life. So we can teach our children and our, our, our wife that or what people call religion or structure of belief about a spiritual being and deity a god that theology as people call it the 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 beliefs and doctrine teachings about your the spiritual that you ascribe to that 
I believe should be practical and helpful and positive and beneficial in your family. And we believe the Messianic faith is beneficial in family and it's important to teach. So what's your approach to spirituality in your own family unit? Do you believe that your family unit should be a place of mixed spirituality where you could be a Buddhist and your wife a Hindu and your child a Rastafarian or agnostic and all of that works together and the family goes in a positive direction even though everyone is is a it is a mixed spirituality kind of family unit do you believe that can actually work and um, if that's actually working for you let us know share your experience because that is some you know we're we're not going to say that we're open to everything but we are open to engaging about everything and that's hopefully something that people can appreciate so we are grateful for your your patience and your time and look out for the next segment birdman spoke like god put some respect on my name but like a leaking tank of propane we continue to Yahweh's name profane, forgetting that's the name that we are modeled from. A mortal birdman felt dissed by Charlemagne. He felt there was negative respect on his name, and his fire became a flame that the urban world recognized, remembering the alleged issues that Pak had when he despised the Haitian Jack and how it played out in the streets. Defaming God's name must precede defeat. His word, his Jimmy Henchman, so he gave the third command. But man insists the blasphemy commit, not seeing that he lives within one divine hit, Yeshua with Abaddon on speed dial. As man makes an art of failing God's trial, the finals remain firmly out of our reach. As respect of Jehovah we fail or see to teach, but there is a reason Pharisees simply call him Hashem and won't dare write the tetragrammaton with a pen. So Birdman spoke like God, put some respect on my name, but like a leaking tank of propane, we continue to Yahweh's name profane, forgetting that's the name that we are modeled from. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our Messianic Mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals, and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. are some declining areas for business Lincoln here from turn to burn familyfamily.com's transformational man cave where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and aspire to domestic excellence we are continuing on this manliness rally today and as we said in the thumbnail we are exposing persons in Collier County which is in Southwest Florida 
to some of the areas in the economy that have been experiencing declines in employment in the past 10 years. This doesn't have to mean that these are negative, necessarily um, unprofitable business areas. They may be going through more automation. It may be they're more capital intensive ways. Uh, they're, they're more automated and technologically sophisticated ways of producing these goods and services. However, we encourage you if you're looking at this area as a source of employment to be very cautious because at the end of the day, these areas are not, uh, we're seeing some shedding, a lot of shedding of employment in these areas. And we are seeing, for example, well, let's give a little good news so that we can mix the news because, you know, we don't just want to give you bad news. So let me just get up this data sheet here. And in terms of the growth, of course, the the fastest growing employment area, instrument manufacturing for measuring and testing electricity and electrical signals, fastest growing area in Collier County up to the last quarter of last year. So between 2008 and 2018, that area grew by about over 52% annually. Medicinal and botanical manufacturing, that grew by 51% annually. Concrete block and brick manufacturing grew by by over 46%. So those are a few of the positive areas. And if you're in those areas, it does seem as if there's dynamism in the areas, in those areas in employment, and those might be good areas uh, for for you to look at at, at, at employment or getting a certification, etc. It might be worth it, the expenditure to actually upgrade your educational skill set in, in some of these areas. However, at the other end of the spectrum, we have some sectors that are not doing so well leather and hide tanning finishing lost about 33% of employment now it's it's estimated to employ only one person in Collier County plastic plastics plumbing fixture manufacturing another significant decline videotape and disc rental of course you know there has been significant disruption in that area by Netflix etc so that has been another area that has lost a lot of employment uh, musical groups and artists also not doing very well in terms of employment in Collier County. Business to business electronic markets, another poorly employing, uh, another area that's shedding a lot of employment. Blind and shade manufacturing, losing about 20% of employment annually from 2008 to 2018. Dance companies losing uh, about 18.6% of their employment between 2008 and 2018. That's annually, that is. Correctional institutions, that's another area that has lost significant employment. In terms of our data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, apparel, accessories, and other apparel manufacturing losing about 17.2% annually between 2008 2018. Meat processed from carcasses that lost 70, over 17% employment annually between 2008-2018. Wine and distilled alcoholic beverage merchant wholesalers. So uh, Collier County is, uh, is known to be an area that has a high level of wine consumption, wine purchases. However, 
between 2008 and 2018, we're seeing in the Bureau of Labor Statistics 14% drop every year in persons employed to the wine and distilled alcoholic beverage market wholesale sector. Linen supply, another area that's shedding a lot of employment. Ready mix concrete manufacturing dropping by about 13.4% annually. This one is interesting because Collier County has gotten significant investment, significant some investment by a number of companies that have established batch processing plants in Collier County. It's interesting to see if this figure will continue to decline in the next coming years with the with the investment in ready mix concrete manufacturing. We see at least two companies here that have established some batch processing plants to break down clinker into some ready mix concrete products for the rapidly growing residential market in terms of residential dwellings. These are a few areas that we urge you to pay attention to. If you're in these sectors, you can be aware of the sectors that are declining that you may want to look at transitioning to areas that are dynamic in employment and getting training and certification in these areas. If you are in a business that is in a declining employment area, then it might mean you might be have to be you could be looking at increasing your own automation. If it is that people are not are shedding employment, it might be that your your industry is becoming more automated and the technology requires less workers and if you are employing more workers you might be putting yourself at a disadvantage profit wise so we encourage you to look at this in a little more detail if you need some help with some of the data we can help you at but when you contact us at famtyfamily.com we do have a mission that includes helping families to establish profitable family businesses that can be handed down to the next generation so we hope this is useful and inspirational for you listen out for the next segment florida's alimony laws might be changing soon Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamTFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and belliteracy and aspire to domestic excellence. We're grateful that you're present with us today on another Manliness Rally. This one is touching on an issue. We're grateful that you're here. This one is touching on an issue of alimony and this is on the the tail end this goes this is really a tail end issue related to marriage and it could also be related to parenting and we hard tracking and looking at a couple of bills before the florida senate before the house well this one is before the senate at this time it's a senate bill 1596 and it's a bill that is relating to family law it's amending the alimony statutes in Florida and it provides for a couple of things and one of the big things that we see here is that it removes in terms of the criteria for establishing alimony the alimony payment the it removes the standard of living established the criteria which says the standard of living established during the marriage will be taken into consideration it removes that and 
it it introduces the uh, in one of the criteria assets that were relied upon by the parties during the marriage it also introduces um, that all sources of income available to either party including income available to either party through investments of any asset held by that party it includes this part which was acquired during the marriage or acquired outside of the marriage and re- relied upon during the marriage uh, that should be taken into account it also introduces the criteria that says the needs and necessities of life after dissolution of the marriage taking into account the lifestyle of the parties during the marriage but subject to the presumption in another paragraph it also introduces the net income and standard of living available to each party after the application of the alimony award there is and it says there is a rebuttable presumption that both parties will have a lower standard of living after the dissolution of marriage than the standard of living they enjoyed during the marriage this presumption may be overcome by preponderance of the evidence and uh, there are a number of other a number of other elements that were introduced so it tries to go through and tighten up the criteria or criterion for determining the alimony payment and it's going through the florida senate at this time i believe that it is an early bill but we or however we want to keep an eye on this one as it relates to what happens to alimony payments in, the, in when your marriage is dissolved and we have not seen normally the the senate puts up a staff a staff analysis there's no staff analysis on this paper at this on this bill at this time what do you think in terms of some of these recommendations it's been proposed by uh, a fellow called let me see here harrow senator harrow and uh, let me just do it properly here excuse me and this is senate bill 1596 on alimony and amending the alimony uh, the alimony statutes how alimony is calculated etc it's correct it has apparently been before the judiciary the children families and elder elder affairs committee and the rules committees of the senate of the house and we want to get back to this one when this the the staff analysis paper is out to see some of the implications of this one and we see some news articles on this paper on this bill gail harrell first term this is a news article from floridapolitics.com and it's entitled ready to rumble ready to rumble question said alimony reform bill filed for 2019 and it says here Lawmakers could again wrestle with alimony reform this year. This is the FloridaPolitics.com website as the issue's first bill, including a provision to end quote-unquote permanent alimony, was filed Friday. And this was this was actually on March 2, 2019. First-term Senator Gail Harrell, a Stuart Republican, is sponsoring the 28-page measure SB 1596. It was 28 pages at that time. As yet, there is no companion companion bill in the house and our measure has not been assigned to any committees efforts to overhaul alimony law mostly by toughening the standards by which alimony is granted and and changed have failed in the last few years but if alimony bills move this session 
it could again spark one of the most contentious policy battles the Florida State House has seen in recent memory, says the Florida Politics website. The argument historically runs along these lines. The former spouses who write the checks say permanent alimony or forever alimony isn't fair to them. Their exes counter that they shouldn't be penalized, for example, after staying home for years to raise children only to find difficulty, if not impossibility, in re-entering re the workplace. So these are some of the arguments being banded about, about this issue of the permanent alimony. We think that this is probably not going to make it through and uh, however we will see you know uh, we're getting ready to start another election time and normally closer to election campaigning things the the uh, what i've seen and understood is that the the, the the party line is is drawn more tightly and bills have a harder time getting making any compromise to make it through so you know negotiations are harder normally during election and campaigning time and we're going into that time shortly for the 2020 election so we will see what happens with this one however this is something that we we do want to, to keep an eye on sb15 let me make sure i give the right name sb1596 these can be found at the florida senate website we encourage you to pay attention to these regulations and these proposals that are being banded about that may impact your life if you are someone that's divorced and you are looking and when you're looking at marriage for example this is one of the things that we encourage you to look about to excuse me <coughs> excuse me about that we encourage you to look at the exit strategy what what it takes to get out of this marriage according to the state according to us as messianic believers the exit strategy is a permanent one if you're married and divorced uh, if that marriage is a marriage that was put together by god you're married married and divorced that's it you're done you you can't re-enter the marriage the marriage market for want of a better word however for the state you have to look at or you can consider when getting married what the exit strategy the implications of the exit strategy from the marriage is and how that impacts you and your children how that impacts you financially in terms of spiritual fitness relations etc and this is one bill that could impact the, the the life of your family unit if you embark on uh, an, ex an exit strategy apart from the one that God designs which is death so at the end of the day it's up to you to do your research and look about look at the information that could impact your family unit in the event that you attempt that you in embark on divorce and you have a family with children and even without children you have a family with your wife this will impact impact you as well as it relates to what kind of payment she, she she would get from you and vice versa it could also go the other way in terms of men uh, getting alimony from women what do you think do you think that this is a topical issue that that you would want us to keep tracking on your behalf if you do let us know anyway that's it for today listen up for the next segment Thank you.
better with clean ears. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamityFamily.com's transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and militaracy and aspire to domestic excellence. We are really excited and flabbergasted that you are present with us on another Manliness Rally. This segment of our rally is a comms, a comms rally, a comms hack, and we want to encourage males to listen without any prejudice, to listen without any biases, or if you're biased, to understand those biases. Today, I had an interesting trip to the doctor for the past, let's say, month and a, sorry, week and a half. Excuse me, I've been having some hearing loss in one of the, the ear, in my right ear, and me and me and my wife have been trying all kind of home remedies. Nothing could help. Went to the doctor and they did a ear irrigation and they essentially pushed, uh, not well, not pushed. They had some water that was inserted in my ear and lo and behold, there are things coming out of my ears. I was oh, <laughs> it was really interesting to to say the least. And after that, my hearing improved significantly, and that just brought me, it got me thinking how we hear often we hear reduced we hear a reduced volume of what people are saying or we hear distortions of what people are saying because the way we listen is distorted we have biases we have judgments and and preconceptions ways in which we think even before understanding what the other party is saying and we introduce that into the discussion or airs technically in a mental sense are clogged and we encourage males to do a couple of things when when we are having discussions we have already introduced the ipaf template where you break down discussions into issues points actions and follow through however the issues and points that you can get from a discussion can be biased if it is that you are looking at the discussion from the standpoint that oh my wife or or spouse or my children only want to get something from me and they are not really interested in me or the standpoint if you're looking at it from the standpoint that my wife is just nagging and she really just wants to get her point across without listening to me if we can get those pre, pre those biases be aware of those biases then it can help us to better understand what are the issues and points that she's raising or your children are raising in your family unit so you can have proper action and follow through because we understand that the one element of this of discussions and communications and dialogue is to impact our actions impact our choices to impact our decisions even if that decision is to listen more effectively so when we can understand our biases when we can understand our judgments on people our stereotype of people then we can we can listen to them more effectively we can remove the blockages from our ears so we encourage you as male to do a couple of things one when discussing with your children anything that they're raising with you we can take out the adjective from before them we can say well this child is not just a brat or 
a spoilt this is my spoilt son or spoilt daughter we can just say this is my daughter or my son or if it's my wife you can say this is just your wife she is not your nagging wife here she comes again here we're going to have another another fight or another argument here she's going to try to get something out of me and she's going to want me to attend something to do something i don't want to do and if before she says a word this is the discussion that you've already started to have in your head you can clear that discussion by just stopping and just zeroing yourself and just saying okay she hasn't said anything yet we're starting right now from a new discussion and we're not going to bias and base our present discussion based on the discussions in the past now it is quite possible that people can act from habitual from habits if the person has started to give you evidence in the discussion that they've started to nag if there is evidence of nagging you can point that out to yourself and you can just get past that by just having that discussion in your head okay she is repeating a point she's and because a lot of times women nag to get a point across in an emotional way a lot of times not all the time some are very very expert naggers even when there's nothing to nag about however a woman will stress something of importance through nagging however there are better ways to do that um you know but in the same way a lot of us as males were not trained to be males by we're not effectively trained to be males a lot of women were not effectively trained to communicate as females and nagging seemed to get the job done so for maybe other females that they saw so they latched on to that some of them sorry have latched on to that approach to communicate but if you can get past the nag and say you know what maybe this issue with the car block my car blocking her car all the time in the mornings that's really important so she has nagged about that for the past six months let me start to park beside her or let me get up early before she leaves to for work and move the car or whatever it is and um, you can look at the nagging as her stressing a point of importance to her so we encourage you to do a to to really do this important practice of being aware of your bias if you can be aware of the bias that's the first step to getting around the bias that you may have with your wife with your children with your boss with your employees at the job uh, at, at in, in the workplace in your whether you're the, you're the owner of your business or whether you work with co-workers we don't have to look at people as as labels we can look at them as people that may have had particular habits in terms of their communication however there's more to the person than being a nag or being a slouch or being uh, a gold digger or whatever it is if you're having a discussion with your your the, your, your child's father or mother well from Osta Osta point as males then you'll be having a, start, a discussion with a child's mother we can get past the fact that for example this is your ex-wife she is just the mother or she's just the mother of your child once you bring in the ex-wife label the ex-wife comes with so much baggage and biases for a lot of people generally that it can have you it can skew the way you hear and it can essentially stop or plug plug up your ears so you can't hear beyond what you started the discussion with without her which is your bias
Anyway, what do you think about that? Do you believe that you should go in with biases? There are a lot of people who say biases are a good way of you protecting yourself based on looking at people's past behavior, their habits, their trends. <clears throat> and the people say that stereotyping is good. You know, if you have been robbed by people that have had uh, that have had a, a cap backwards before, and you see somebody else with a cap turned backwards on their head, then you you know it might be safe for you to assume that this person with a cap turned backward on your head might might rob you and take evasive action but you could also be wrong and uh, if you feel that it's good to introduce biases it's good to hear with stopped up ears then you know you can share that view with us we believe that it's better to hear when your ears when your ears are clean you might end up coming back to the same conclusion as if you were biased however you cannot you might not and when your hearing is clear you can make better choices that's how animals in the wild operate not equating us to animals in the wild but i'm saying that for our survival we can survive better when we have clear ears we can hear the danger and we can hear when there's no danger in a better way pausing for today encouraging you to listen out for the next segment someone you know are interested in buying selling or investing in real estate in naples florida give rashid Wellesley a call at 239-207-2955 that's 239-207-2955 Lincoln here from Turn to Burn for AntiFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave. We are grateful that you have fully consumed and experienced another manliness rally. We do encourage you to do a couple of things to animate yourself to greater levels of manliness. Visit us at www.famtifamily.com as well as join our Facebook family at famtifamily.com and email us at connect at famtifamily.com. Have a great day today and be nuclear.